This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When the final whistle blew at Northampton 143 days ago, few thought that that would be the end of a hellish season. Now, after battling through a worldwide pandemic, there's only 46 days to go until the action returns. This week on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we're looking back at one of the busiest weeks in a few months, as not only does the season get the green light to return, the boys are back in training, but without star winger CJ Hamilton, who saved up all of his two peas to go and play in the arcades of Blackpool. Nathan's not yet stopped crying. Yet as one man departs, another arrives to navigate his way around the social distance compliant building. Graham Cochran's nip back to Bristol Rovers to nab another man from the gas as Roland Menayes joins the Stags party. Coming up in what's bound to be a bumper podcast, we'll talk about the transfer latest, the return of football and the return to training. Plus we'll delve into the dressing room to find out the views of the players and management. There's only so much you can do with the restrictions that have been set around the country, but um, we feel all right, we're back now, so I think the worst is over and hopefully we can get back started soon. We were missing a few bits and pieces, a few ingredients last season that I thought we were missing, and they were glaringly obvious. I tried to address them for problems as quick and as soon as I possibly could, oh yeah, that little bit of pace up front. We just missed the legs, the leadership in the middle of the park. I needed the young, vibrant, enthusiastic leadership. I needed that at the back. It should be a given for any footballer, really, but I think he wants a, a fast tempo high-pressing team, which is what I've been used to. All of that and much, much more, including bets on who'll be the first to pronounce the new arrival's surname wrong, although Nathan seems to have a cunning plan. Mayo, rolling mayo. Match day comes and he scores a goal. I'm not quite sure that'll catch on. You never know, though. As always, come and have your say on your team in the comments of the live feed. This is episode number five of Mansfield Matters, the warm-up. And in typical Mansfield Town fashion, 
After I recorded the intro, the Stags signed yet another player, but a good addition all the same in George Maris from Cambridge United. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. It is two minutes past seven on the 28th of July 2020 and football returning is a mere 46 days away. I cannot wait. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about two brand new signings. We'll talk about returning to training and a hell of a lot more in between on the way over the next hour and a bit. So settle down and enjoy. And of course, if you want to do so, get involved in the comments below in the live feed and uh, we'll read out your comment during the rest of the evening. Don't worry though, it's not just me. As always, I'm going to go virtually to two of my dearest, dearest friends, or not, uh, Nathan Edge and Cam Felton. A very good evening to you. Wave to the camera. You're on air. You're live on the internet. How are you both doing? I was good until you put my uh, my song in the intro. I didn't know you was actually going to do that to me. Look, I said I was going to do it in the group chat. Don't send something that I can use in audio form in the group chat if you didn't want me to use it. All right, that's all I'm saying. Uh, what did you make like, of the What did you make the of the group, song, Cam? The um, the group chat today has just been a bit of a shambles, hasn't it, lads? To be fair, it's been a <laughs> shambles in my Twitter feed. To be honest, I've I've been on one. I don't know why. Yeah, Nathan, perhaps this is going to bring you a little bit of uh, normality today. Uh, Right, let's bring you right up to speed with the latest uh, Mansfield Town news uh, today then. Two brand new signings, as we say. Uh, Rolling Menayes in uh, this afternoon from Bristol Rovers. And, of course, uh, George Maris from Cambridge United. Uh, We'll talk about those uh, in just a second. But, as always, we want you guys to get involved as well um, so in the comments so please do so I've got the phone here to try and keep up with your comments tonight uh, of course I'll try and get through as many as I can uh, Clive says I'm so excited Martin says look like looks like uh, we've had a busy day in transfers why do they not tell you the price paid for players uh, and Andy says two-year contracts does that mean two-year promotion deadline first and foremost uh, Nathan Edge of the two signings that we've made Today, uh, what have you made of uh, Graham Cochran's transfer business? Really, really, really good. Um, you know, mayonnaise, which is what I'm calling him from now on. Every like, time you say mayonnaise, the bell rings. <laughs> um, mayonnaise looks like he's going to be um, <laughs> solid at the back of us. I mean, you look at, uh, obviously, he's another young player. Uh, from what I can you know, read in the comments of, of Bristol Rovers supporters, uh, you know, a lot of saying that you know maybe he would have been out of favour this year because they've brought in quite a few centre backs themselves, but they've still said he looks like he's got a hell of a lot of potential. So if we can can tap into that and and, and get him, you know, you know, I'd, I'd like to say he's going to be starting for us. So maybe that's what he needs—a good run of games. You know, he played half the half of the games for for the gas last year, so uh, a good run out of the team. Hopefully, we'll start sort of. Uh, making use of that potential. So he might be this, you know, it's a, a unit as well. He might be that, you know, final uh, play that we needed back there that we've said we, you know, we, we've, we've been looking for. So uh, very promising, another one for the future. Uh, and it says a lot as well when, a bit like uh, we've been saying about the CJ deal, hoping that we've got a sell-on clause in place with Blackpool. Well, I've seen a few Bristol Rovers fans say the same about uh, about Mayonnaise. So uh, they obviously think it, 
I missed it. I went, I went for the bell and smacked the microphone. I wasn't paying attention. I was reading the comments. So I'm really sorry for that massive inaudible bang. Oh, dear. You can tell it's live. Uh, Cam, um, <laughs> you've sensibly got the microphone where you can't... Well, you can only headbutt it if you wanted to. Uh, please don't. Uh, what have you made of the uh, the two signings uh, this afternoon? Have we been uh, on the source? Oh, this has just gone sour. <laughs> Bring some oh, sense geez. back to it, please. Come on. Uh, they've been... I'd say decent signings. Uh, obviously, George Maris is someone that we've seen... Uh, over the last few years uh, at Cambridge. Uh, interestingly enough, his Twitter header is actually a photo when they hammered us earlier this season at our place. So that's um, that's that's a good reminder of that night. Thanks, Matt Preston. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, two two good signings. Obviously, um, Rollin has. No, uh, well, you bottled. You hang on a minute. You just bottled saying his surname then, didn't you? Too right. Um, He's, he looks a, a solid player and obviously someone that's still got uh, bags of potential um, and someone that we can really grow and, and sculpt into a way that we, we can effectively use him. Uh, and then the creative flair of, of George Maris in the midfield is, is just a fantastic addition. We, we needed uh, that bit of creativity and the only spark of creativity we had in the entire team last season seemed to be... Uh, from someone like your Nicky Maynard's, your uh, Alex McDonald's, where they just they, they could, you, we couldn't rely on them constantly. <sighs> so we've brought in some good players so far. Literally been on less than five minutes, and you're already starting to try and have trouble with Nathan. This is not on. I'm going to go to the the lovely people in the comments to uh, to steer you two away from arguing for a, for just a second. Uh, lots of them coming in. Um, Callum says, uh, where was he? Yeah, Callum says, we're signing uh, that many players. I'm losing track of who everyone is. Looking forward to the start of the season. Mark says, can't wait for the start of the season. Andy says, happy with the signings. Younger, hungrier and, in inverted commas, cheaper. Uh, that's something which Graham Cochran brought up in his uh, midweek uh, press conference, which we'll hear a little bit of later on as well. Callum says, our brand new player, rolling mayonnaise. Uh, Ewan says, let's raise the point of how good a job Adam Murray and his backroom staff did in recruitment. Look at the budget he had and the players he recruited that have formed the foundations uh, of the teams that that many managers uh, have used since the profit uh, from C, uh, hence the profit uh, from CJ just proves this yet again. Um, yeah, have to uh, talk about that. A great point, uh, well made, Ewan, as well. Uh, ben asks, what's happening uh, to Maynard? We'll cover that a little bit later, but in a nutshell, uh, at the moment, uh, he's look, still looking for another club, uh, and it doesn't look like Graham Coughlin will uh, add him to the ranks unless uh, his. Uh, and that's Maynard's valuation on, on his wages, etc., um, significantly lowers. He seems happy uh, with the four strikers in the building, which incidentally does include uh, Andy Cook. More on that uh, later on. Uh, Gary says these new players will give the younger squad... Uh, the, will give the younger squad players uh, the right course to follow and, pr and improve them technically. Uh, Clive makes a terrible pun, saying he's the salad cream uh, of the of the crop. And Paul says Cochrane shopping list isn't done yet. Completely agree with that one. I don't think uh, that uh, his shopping list is done yet. However, uh, I personally think Cam Felton that they won't be more than two, three at a push more, and the third one would be if uh, a player expressed uh, within our squad expressed um, interest in, in moving on elsewhere. Yeah, I think that uh, another position that we've we've been screaming out for for so long now is probably 
uh, a left left back, a left wing back, whatever. Uh, someone challenged Malvenin, obviously. Um, it was one point, obviously, winning. And then we've also got only one right back at the minute. Technically, no, technically, I say right technically, technically yeah. three. I think I can count three. Kellen Gordon, uh, Joe Riley, James Clark. Oh, God. Yeah, Gordon cropped all the time. Though. A bit like uh, your internet by the sounds uh, of it. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. I forgot about uh, Clark, uh, Gordon. Um, definitely someone on the left. Mm. Probably someone in the midfield, right, right wing, right, uh, right mid. It just seems that we've, we've we're recruiting really well, and the fan, the players that we're bringing in are players that we need. But there are also positions that we obviously still need to strengthen in. And should said players des- have the desire to leave, then we need to bring to complement what we've already got. Uh- Hopefully, as well, we can sign a new internet deal for Cam at some point, Nathan. Uh, we do apologise for those watching uh, on the live stream. It's going a little bit... Uh, don't worry, Cam will give it a kick at some point and it will it will catch up with itself. But uh, uh, but bear with us. Uh, Nathan, obviously, uh, in the comments, Alan says uh, positive signings. And to be fair, every single one of the seven uh, that we've now signed uh, so far does look like they can come in and impact uh, straight away rather than it being a player brought in. Like, we have seen it in past seasons uh, that need a little bit of work that are a little bit rough uh, around the edges. Uh, Graham Cochran, his um, his work so far in the transfer window has very much uh, looked like he's ready to hit the ground running come September, forty six days time. Yeah, I think um, he's he's going for some youthfulness as well, which uh, you know you know we know when he came into the building uh, back in December, you know he he, he obviously highlighted the fact that we was a very sort of unfit squad and now that could be due down to preparation but it also could be down to the sort of uh, age of the squad as well so um, you know he's, he's gone for a lot of youth probably aside from Jordan Bowery you've got you know the oldest player aside from him is, is Ollie Clark who's 28 I think so everyone else has been younger so you know you look he's gone for a bit of youthfulness which uh, and players that are probably going to be hungry to play for us uh, and um, you know they are looking promising you look at um, I keep wanting to call him Mares from you know as a Riyad Mares. So for me, it's Mares and Mares outside for us today. Yeah, uh, but you you look at him and at Cambridge and a couple of seasons ago, he was uh, you know tipped to go for for big money. I think it was Rotherham at the time. Um, you know they were looking a bit like we were with CJ. You know he he had a really really good season. They're expecting him to go for for really good money. Uh, didn't happen at the time, and then the seasons after he. You know, dropped off the radar a bit because he was in a you know a poor team. Uh, but hopefully, you know, like like I said with CJ, players don't become bad overnight. Form comes and goes, and you've just got to find the find the way to get that good form out of the player. And I'm hoping we'll we'll do that with with him. So you can see what the uh, you know what what the plan is from Cochrane, what sort of team he's trying to do. He's trying to get a a big strong team, but with with energy. Um, but as you sort of said earlier, I think for me the the, the area to strengthen now is is down that left hand side. Whether it's uh, I think both defensively and probably offensively it needs strengthening, but but more on that left. 
And of course, that left-hand side will be a key area which Graham Coughlin uh, needs to, to strengthen, Cam. Uh, that following the departure of CJ Hamilton. Uh, me, uh, I, I did a little bit uh, just after, and uh, me and Nathan spoke a little bit about it when you were at work after the news was announced about the, uh, the start of the season uh, the other day. So this is the first time we've really uh, got to get your thoughts. Uh, what were your immediate thoughts uh, upon the departure of uh, CJ Hamilton? Well, we knew it was going to happen at some point. Yeah, I suppose is the key te- the key thing to take from it. We knew that um, obviously I, we didn't pay anything for him, did we? It was a free transfer, weren't he? Yeah. yeah. Originally, yeah. So when his career started gathering pace, ironic, um, we knew that at some point someone would snap him up, and we thought it was going to be the season that we did really well. There were all these, obviously, all these rumours flying around that Preston were coming in, million quid, blah, blah, whatever. Um, and we thought we, we'd see the back of him then. And obviously, he's, he's stuck by us. Not too great last season, but we, we, we've made a profit off of uh, off of selling him. So however that much is, a rumour to be, what, 300k, somewhere around there, plus potential sell-ons for... For what we've paid for him, which was nothing, it's a fantastic piece of business, and we've got we've got some decent years out of him, we've got some decent performances, so so many nearly moments. Um, but it, as a servant for the club, he, he did a, he did great in his time here, and obviously we wish him all the best. But uh, obviously selling him has also allowed us to bring in potentially two players, so swings and roundabouts yes I'm sad that he's gone because he's a fantastic player and complimented the squad well but then again he's also allowing the strength to uh, squad to be strengthened as well it's very much one of those which is still splitting hairs uh, to this day uh, Liam in the comments says I'm gutted CJ has gone though lads uh, Martin on the other hand says don't think CJ uh, will be missed talking about a potential replacement Paul says keep seeing on Twitter about Stephen McLaughlin deal uh, getting closer but nothing besides that's still a long way uh, to go uh, as well Callum says I think CJ will be massively missed yes he lacked end product at times but his pace and dribbling just terrified defenders and has played a big part in the last four years scored some good goals too um, keep your comments uh, coming in uh, on CJ Hamilton and the deals made today and any other potential uh, uh, news and things from this week Nathan um, you were it was a bit of a you know, tender subject for you when we last spoke. Are you are you now calming down? Of the new of the two additions today, sort of soften the blow a little bit, or does your heart still still pang for CJ? Uh, oh, I'd, I'd still have him in the team if it was for me. But I mean, business wise, I mean these prob- these two signings today probably wouldn't have happened if we hadn't got the money for CJ. So, you know, it's um, I've always you know since the news broke, obviously I'm gutted for. The yeah you know, the fact that he's not going to be on the team sheet uh, on a, you know come 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 the start of the season because he was always a player for me that could always get you off your seat and get you excited and do something so I'll I'll miss that but for the club's point of view the fact that he had one year left on his contract uh, you know I don't want us to be like we used to be where we end up uh, letting players go on freeze like you know we've we've had some really good players you know, Bobby Assels Greenacres. Well, I think my gospel in the end for Greg, but there's a lot of players, Baptiste, that you know we've we've had come through the team and they've ended up going on a free transfer because we've not been smart to to do the business at the right time. So uh, whereas this this time, I, you know, we are being smarter, which we need to be as a club. 
Um, you know, I think that's credit to, to the Radfords and, and obviously David Sharp, who's come in to do that. And he said that as part of his, his role, you know, that players are assets at the end of the day. And it's not by a very nice way to, uh, you know, to, to, to refer to them by, but that's what they are in, in football. So to, to make money and then use that money to bring in two, you know, two additional players of, of good quality is, is good business. So, uh, you know, I, I have accepted it. Um, and, I think that the deal is absolutely 100% right for the club. And I think that the key thing you hit on there, Nathan, is the fact that these players are assets. And Cam, one thing which, which struck me was the fact you know, that he had a year left on his deal. Um, like Nathan said, he could have saw it out and sort of strummed along, you know, playing at 80%, always having that in the back of his mind that he was going to move uh, in the summer. We'd have lost out massively. We would have had a player on our hands who wasn't massively interested. Although, to be fair to CJ, he always gave uh, 100% and surely would have done when the season got firing. But when that thing is in your head about, you know, a, a fresh change, a, a new club, a new challenge, that's always going to sort of stick there isn't it and, and resonate and in the end it, it's going to weigh you down so from a business perspective I guess it was uh, even you know whilst we we whilst we're a little bit disappointed to see a, a key player and a good servant go it made absolute sense yeah and although he does give 100% very much last season he was very hit and miss and I think that was the, the case with a lot of the team and I think that's I'm not saying that CJ was dead wood, but it, we just needed to get this negative outlook on the cl- on on our play because even the players that came through, like I'd say the good times, the the chances that we had uh, with with Dave, well the second season with Dave, uh, it was like they were still aching from that and they could just not get over this hurdle. So I'm not say- I'm not saying that CJ's dead wood at all because he's a fantastic player, but we just needed to bring something fresh into the club and just actually just like start making steps forward rather than just trying to like just not, I'm not rebuilding on a season's great but when we know why we failed and that was through just players just not putting shifts in then we just need to change something completely so I'm gonna I slightly think... disagree the fact that, oh, it's getting heated. Well, <laughs> well, I think we got rid of the dead wood when we got rid of Alex McDonald. That's a different subject altogether. But, um, the, <laughs> uh, sorry, Alex, if you watch, I don't want to mess with him. Um, no, I, I don't think we've sold CJ because we wanted to. I just think it was because the deal was right. So you know, I, if a club hadn't come in and offered money, I think we we you know we would have kept him on for the well, obviously kept him on for the year, but we would have tried to extend that contract. But the fact that the deal has just come at the right time, that's why we've done it. I think I don't think it's a footballing decision. I think it's more of a a financial decision for the club. But, you know, I don't really... I don't think he... I know he had a bad season, but that's because he was in a bad team. I don't think he was necessarily having a hangover. It's just that he can't rely on a confidence player like him to perform when he's being played at every different position possible in a absolutely bang average team. So uh, I slightly disagree. I just think it was more financial than, than footballing reasons, really. As I think uh, Ewan mentioned in the comments earlier, um, quick word on Adam Murray and his backroom team at the time, because, you know, whilst pretty much 
the majority of that squad is now gone. There were three or four players who, you know, uh, stayed with us for a long time. A couple are still with us, a la Danny Rose and, and Samal Benin, of course. And CJ was another one. And like Cam said earlier in eighth, one who was brought in on a free transfer. We've looked after him. We've developed him. Um, you know, we, we've watched him grow up a little bit. And speaking from a, a, a point of view of sometimes people behind the scenes don't get praised. Yes, we're going to gonna praise David Sharp and, and the team that are there now for obviously getting money out of the transfer as is, but you have to praise all of the coaches, all of the managers uh, behind the scenes that work with him and, and developed him to get us to this point where we can actually say, you want him, get your wallet out. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's something to work to use a bit of a blueprint for the future as well, you know, we, we, we've brought in these players and we don't know, we might have the next CJ Hamilton uh, already within the building. So, uh, or, you know, or even better, we could have the next Liam Lawrence, we could have the next Alex John baptiste You know, we know, well, we, we spoke about in the week about the, well, or the last podcast, the, you know, the fact that we've now got a, an academy grade three, uh, or category three, which is, uh, which is fantastic. But obviously, we, we're going to see, um, the profits from that over time, but we're doing the right things on the pitch as well. We're well, as in not on the pitch, but well, as it, well, definitely not last season on the pitch. But we're bringing in the players and we're developing them in the in the right way, which uh, and and hopefully, I don't know. Well, yeah, hopefully we are going to become a selling club, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Some people could see that as a negative, but you're only a selling club if you actually bring in potential and make something out of that potential. So that's what I mean by hopefully we can become a, a selling club because we bring in the right people and uh, and we develop them into good players and they and hopefully they contribute to, to us as a club along that way. Just going off track on a tangent for just a second. Cam, have you found a chair? Have you brought a chair since the last podcast? Or are you just leaning? No. Or are you just leaning? I'm, got f- I'm leaning on my fireplace. Fair play. Uh, I'll come to you whilst you lean and talk. Um, obviously, like Nathan mentioned there, you know there is a blueprint now. It's a good thing because, especially in this financial climate where we're not sure on how things are going to go in terms of um, fanning, fan-generated income, we'll come to questions on crowd and things like that uh, in a second. I know a lot of you have been getting in touch in the comments on that. But in terms of getting that generated income now, it's vitally important that we monitor players' happiness, players' um, future um, future plans and things like that when it comes to having a year, having six months left on the deal and that we do make a profit because, you know, like we said at the top of the show, the money which we gained from the CJ transfer, no matter what it was, obviously undisclosed, rumoured to be about 300,000, um, has potentially helped us get George Marist in today, which then can, you know, hopefully be the difference in, in driving us up a couple of league places, which then has ramifications in terms of further funding. It's vitally important now to use that as a source of income rather than just, you know, running those contracts down and, and shaking the hands or elbowing uh, to elbowing a player as they leave the building as it will be in future two metres apart. Yeah, and it is important that we, like Nathan said, not become a selling club, but we, we need to make profit off of these players. So when we are selling these players and we are making some decent money off them, We'd, we've, we need people that are in, in the club to be able to then spend that money wisely and or, or invest in something. And we can't just be just like someone like David Holsworth, just buying How for the sake of buying. How dare you swear? Loaning, loaning for the sake of loaning. It can't just be wasted. You've actually got to have 
some some thought process of what we're doing. So whether that's um, investing a little bit more in the youth academy, so we can we can develop some of these younger players a little bit more, or it goes towards the wage budget to bring in, bring in some some better quality players. We we've actually got to have some structure to the to the football club and and. It's not just a football club, it's a business. And as much as people hate it, fans are just numbers in some way. Because without us, without fans, a club would die so quickly. If you if you said next season, every game behind closed doors, how many clubs in League Two would survive? I'd probably say 10%. Exactly. So we've got to be... We've got to be business savvy. We, when we are being offered money for players, like what we are offering CJ, considering we paid nothing for him, developed him and 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 helped him become the player he is, we've actually got to put a business hat on and think, right, we, we've got this. We need to bring in someone new or some other players, but we also need to to balance as as, as finances as well. So we need to have good value for money, bringing in a player, not just for sake of bringing someone in. We need to bring someone in that's A, going to add something to the squad, but B, not keep blowing the budget like we seem to have uh, been doing for the last few years. Someone coasting around, a la George Grant, a la Nicky Jose, that just seemed to come here for a payday. Well, it's an interesting comment uh, to make, isn't it? Because, you know, like you say, it will be a difficult season financially because of the the restrictions on income etc with fans and stuff we're going to come on to that debate uh, as the show goes on I'm going to come back to a few of your comments now apologies if I uh, miss some of them obviously they're coming thick and fast uh, this evening uh, whilst we're rambling on so keep uh, them coming in and we'll try and get through as many of them uh, as we can apologies if we skip through one uh, which we've already talked about uh, please do go back and watch uh, the show in its entirety or head to our website mtfcmatters.co.uk to download the full audio version of the show which is available uh, about an hour or so after we've finished uh, Andy says hope to see Danny Rose in the starting 11 our family are great fans of his we'll hear uh, from Danny later tonight Paul says also nice to see the new signings having two year deals absolutely uh, correct Andy says uh, looking forward to seeing Tyree Sinclair uh, potentially get some game time obviously Graham Cochran this week um, saying that he's going to invest a little bit more into the youth and have a look at them um, as we try and uh, you know tighten the purse strings etc Alan says it also shows intent from Cochran giving them two-year deals um, Wayne says definitely need a quality winger to replace CJ apart from that all good signings season can't come quick enough now 46 days um, and counting uh, Pedro says uh, all respect to CJ great player but I think he'd had enough of being at the Stags lost his motivation uh, Craig says one big question will be how many will be allowed in the ground come October um, Clive says I think our new director of football has got the player acquisition activity exactly right and obviously Graham Cochran is identifying the players he wants the CJ deal could have been sweeter however if it had taken the scoreboard with him to Bloomfield Road um, uh, Liam says what does everyone think will happen to Maynard um, and uh, Andy has replied to that saying good is gone we'll play in the northwest next season let's not waste too much time on uh, the Nicky Maynard situation at the moment but just uh, running through my notes of what Graham Cochran has been talking about in his interview we'll hear a little bit of that 
as the night goes on. Uh, he spent a couple of minutes talking about Nicky Maynard. The situation uh, is this. He's not training with the Stags at the moment. Obviously, the club are back in training. Uh, Cochrane has got the strikers he wants, uh, four of them in the building. That does include uh, Andy Cook, who obviously spent the second half of last season on loan at uh, Tranmere. Um, it looks like it's a wages thing uh, with 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 Maynard. Uh, Coughlin says from day one he indicated he wanted uh, to play high, higher and I got as well Nathan from, from Coughlin's interview uh, a suggestion that the price which Maynard wanted for his wages etc and, and all the costings around that was just a little bit too high uh, and that um, that avenue would only be explored again A if uh, Maynard was prepared to take a lower wage and B if one of the four strikers um, four main strikers we've got in Cook, Rose, uh, Bowery and Reed. Um, uh, were, were to go elsewhere, highly unlikely, with obviously two of them being new acquisitions. Yeah, I, I think the purpose of uh, you know them, them discussing it, I think, was to make it clear that you know we we have made an offer. But basically, he's a free agent right now, so uh, he's obviously free to train where he wants and speak to who he wants. We've we've made an offer. They've obviously reassessed what we uh, we want to value him at. Um, you know, obviously, he probably came in on. Uh, 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 on a good on a good whack on, on a good wage and and you know you'd say rightly so you know he has he's a he was a top goal scorer the, the season before so you know he, he, he does deserve a good wage but we're reassessing things so if he what you know if he can get a better deal somewhere else then you you know you say fair play to him but we've um you know we, we've set our stance we said we've offered him a, offered him a deal what we value at if, if he comes and then, then great if he doesn't then we're not going to wait around, and I think he's, the club have shown that we've acted in and brought in two strikers, and uh, we're not going to sit and wait for him. So we're doing exactly the right thing. Uh, Chandler says Andy Cook uh, costs a bomb. Uh, sell him, sell him off, and give it to Maynard. Whereas Craig says, in a nutshell, Maynard is trying to hold the club to ransom and get a higher wage uh, for a last big payday. Uh, whatever Nicky Maynard does obviously we uh, thank him for what he did for his last season uh, and wish him well but for me at the moment I think Cam uh, that that's pretty much um, topic dead. Um, moving on to the next one obviously players uh, are back in training um, albeit socially distanced uh, one way systems around the RH Academy um, it's good though obviously they came back before the season was announced um, but it's a good feeling to have them back and to know but the start is not that far away. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. We at this point in our season, usually, we'd we'd be gearing up to go to Portugal or Malta or wherever. So it'd be natural for the players to come back. Well, in relation to when the season starts, um, it'd be about what 40, 50 days before the season starts that players start getting into some sort of pre-season. So it is natural that the players are back in now, and I think it's a good thing because we, uh, although we've had this extended period off, players have still had to obviously maintain the fitness levels and as well as doing all the fitness tests, doing whatever, so many runs a day. Uh, and obviously it's fantastic, the players that have been so committed to it, but then also... Um, being it's like just a whole atmosphere around the club even though there is obviously all these restrictions in place you can't do such and such and one-way systems and all that the players seem positive and and actually just like really starting to gear up for the season ahead we've obviously got time to obviously bring in new players uh things obviously can happen out like per 
actually when the season will start, like what the fixtures will be, how much travelling is going to be involved in that first few weeks, whether crowds are going to be there because that's going to play a massive part on on teams. And you just point proven about uh, the whole home home team advantage. You just look at somewhere like the Bundesliga and how many away games were won in that tail end of the season and how much of a, a mentality that the players need to to build and, and to readjust to to for when football does return. We won't elaborate on that too much. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the impact the crowds can have, etc. in a little while. Let's stay on the, the, the theme of the players going back to training. Time now to allow you to, uh, to get a drink as we hear from uh, one of the players back in training this week. And it's his first uh, training session with Mansfield Town. Let's hear uh, from the striker, Jamie Reed, who's been speaking to I Follow Stags. I think it was just a little easing us in for the next couple of days. Um, just some short, sharp, sharp stuff and some nice ball work. So it's always good to get, get the balls out on the first day. Usually you'd be in the change room and you get to meet everyone. And there's still some lads that I've not spoke to here. So it's definitely, definitely a lot different to the usual pre-seasons, but I'm sure in time it will be normal and I'll get to speak to all the lads. Yeah, I'm definitely in a, in a better place than uh, when, I, when I left the football back in March. I think that was one part of my game that I kind of needed to, needed to improve on a little bit was, was getting my numbers up in the running. And <clears throat> I've done a lot, of, a lot of running by myself in my own time and hopefully that will stand me in good stead for the, for the season and for this hard pre-season that we're about to have. There's a couple of rumours going around with the lads about some of the runs that might be going on. So obviously some hard, hard stuff. But hopefully we can get the get the balls out and get used to what, well, get used to what I'm used to doing, which is putting the ball in the back of the net. Hopefully, and hopefully I can can do that from the pre-season into the season. It should be a given for any footballer, really. But uh, I think he wants a, a fast tempo, high pressing pressing team, which is what I, what I've been used to. So hopefully I can I can come in and get used to what he's like and improve or bring something to, to the team. That's Jamie Reid speaking to I Follow Stags uh, after the first training session last week, last Wednesday, the boys uh, went back to training. You were listening along uh, to that, Nathan Edge. And that last little comment uh, from there from, from Jamie, um, which was, of course, talking about uh, the style of football which Graham Coughlin wants to play and what he expects uh, from his players. Uh, what did you make of, uh, of Jamie's comments and, and the way in which uh, the gaffer has drilled into him the mentality going forward uh, next season I think he's just sort of um, I think he, he's set his uh, stance on it from the very beginning he said he, what, he's kind of making it clear what he wants from the, the players and I actually just started to think about what it's been like uh, recently and, and how performances have dropped under certain well, different mentalities of management that we've had so you know you think of uh, you know, John Dempster, for example, when it wasn't going great, you know, he wasn't somebody that came across anyway, at least to us from the from the from a fans' perspective, as um, you know, that was going to give out barking orders to everybody and setting sort of expectations. So, whereas you go to Steve Evans, where he was literally shouting everything and expected players to be making those runs and basically never stop. And I feel like Cochrane's going to be in between the two. He's not going to be as uh, as far as Steve Evans, thankfully, because nobody ever wants to be as that full on. Uh, but you know, I think he's, he's 
making it clear that they're going to be in for a tough preseason. They're going to be, they need to be fit because the way he wants to uh, to play during the season is, uh, you know, with with high intensity, and to do that, it's going to take a lot of hard work. So, uh, but I'm hoping, you know, players will come back a bit like in a better way than what they would have done in a normal preseason. Because let's face it, it's not been normal. They're not be able to go away on holidays or anything like that. So I'd, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of players have probably been at home spending time with family, which is good. They don't always get the opportunity to do that, uh, and hopefully they've been able to keep on sort of their own fitness. Because what else can you do if you can't go out and go for a run or a walk? So there's not much else. So hopefully, um, you know, the preseason won't be as, as we won't. The season shouldn't be as slow as start as it normally is. Uh, and Joel in the comments, Cam, says, do you think we'll play three or four at the back next season? Uh, Cochrane in his interview very much hinted towards playing three at the back. And I think uh, the signing we made today um, of... Uh, uh, of uh, of uh, Nathan's favourite condiment um, certainly, uh, certainly highlights that a little bit more, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think we... Obviously, we're going with a very, a very strong back line, but also then we've got, um, the, we have got the players that we could play for at the back. So I don't, I think it's very much going to be a, um, a flexible team. It's not just going to, we're not going to be set out in in one specific way constantly, and and allow teams to be picking us out to being too predictable. I think that was one of our downfalls with, um in our playoff season on the day we were just too predictable towards the end of the season teams figured it out and I think with the players that we brought in so far I think it gives us that uh, flexibility to to adapt our style of play but also we, we, there are a couple of bodies still needed so it also depends on what business we do and if there are any outgoings well, that will also depend on how we play next season as well. I think for me, Nath, I think um, Cochrane will, will genuinely go with uh, a, a three in the back, but you know, be able to drop into that back four uh, if needed. But I think uh, obviously we played three at the back last season, but the way in which we play and the way in which the approach the game will be very, very different. Yeah, that, that's obviously uh, got to be the difference. There's got to be a change from how we played. Uh, play performed last season uh obviously the personnel is going to be different so hopefully that'll uh improve us but you know there's got to be a difference in how we approach matches tactically so uh i mean we're certainly going to get that in the fact that as we, as he's mentioned with that high intensity and, and things like that but i think he's sort of uh thinking behind how uh you you know the fluidity between changing between a back three and a back four whether you know, I think he's going to stick at a back three as as much as he can, and and a back switching to back four is going to be more of a a reactive situation. If, uh, for example, I don't know, you we end up losing a player for injuries and things like that, I, I think he's going to really try and you know focus on this back three, make that our um, you know formation, and and go over it. Because I I think last year last year again under John Dempster that we always. I think he even spoke quite a lot about how he wants players to be able to play in both because he wants to be able to uh, change easily within matches. And sometimes that can overcomplicate things. And and I think we see, saw that on many occasions. Players didn't really know what, you know, what position they were supposed to be in and what sort of, uh, 
you know, what sort of format they were setting up at. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to be more focus on one position, to be honest. Let's talk about strikers. We'll hear from Danny Rose in just a minute. Uh, one person who we, we spoke about in the early weeks of uh, Mansfield Matters, the warm-up, all previous episodes on our website right now, uh, Cam, was uh, Andy Cook. Obviously spent the latter half of last season on loan to his old club in Tranmere. Uh, couldn't save them from uh, relegation, uh, unfortunately. Had a relatively decent-ish um, spell with us at the start of the season. Was scoring some goals and obviously wanted that move uh, to Tranmere. Now back in the building, very much training uh, with us. A move seems unlikely. I take from Graham Cochran's comments that he wants to keep him around and he'll be uh, very much uh, involved. Um, would that be the sense you get as well? Yeah, and I think that someone like Andy Cook, in the way that the players that we've brought in, uh, obviously with someone like um, George Maris in the midfield with, with, with some real flair, we then we've actually got players to then back up the strike force, which was something we possibly lacked last season. Obviously, we had um, a real inform Alex McDonald the season before to link up the play, but last season. When he when he didn't perform, which wasn't often, we, we it was just the games where we needed something special and we just couldn't create it no matter who was on the pitch. And I think some someone like that can also benefit the strikers because obviously if the strikers aren't getting the service, how are you going to score? And I think that was one of the massive downfalls in Andy Cook's play last season because obviously he can only do so much himself. But when he was in, given given the ball, he could score. Point proving. You look at. Northampton just absolutely leathering it from edge at box. Same against uh, against Bradford. Just that bit of creativity that we know that he's got, but he's just not been able to show. And given the chance, I think he'll be a fantastic player for us next season. Yeah, and it's it's the given a chance thing, isn't it, Nathan? Which highlights obviously we we probably will go. Uh, with a three-four-one-two or a three-one-four-two or, or or whichever uh, interpretation Cochrane wants to go with, um, two strikers all the same. Um, obviously, everyone wants to see Danny Rose still up there, but there's big competition now, isn't there? I think we've got the right balance when you take those four plus uh, the the good young talents in Sinclair and Knowles and Graham pushing and knocking on the door as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we did discuss this a few a few weeks ago, I I. I said myself, I, I actually expected him to to go. To be honest, I thought he would be one of the first to uh, you know to, to leave the club. But obviously, it hasn't happened. He's training with us, and it's looking like he is going to be part of of Cochrane's plan. So I think for as us as supporters, we we need to to give him a second chance because uh, he didn't really do anything wrong when he was with us. I think it was more when he did go, people just thought, oh well, he's not bothered about us, and you know, get gone with you sort of thing. Uh, so we kind of need to try and get out of that mindset. Give him a give him a second chance. You you don't know what's gone off behind the scenes. So there could have been reasons why he wanted to want the move before. Um, you know, and, and the situation could be completely different now. Cochrane may have, well, looks like he probably did. He has sat down and said, "Look, I, I, this is how we're going to play this year. I think you're going to fit into it better. I want you to be a part of it." And maybe you know Cook's bought into that idea. So uh, I think we, we we need to give him another chance. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, he, he stays injury free and and gets a good run of games. And like we said, we like we saw last season, he still, as you mentioned, managed to put the ball in the back of the net. So hopefully, we can see a bit more of what he's capable of because he came 
with uh, when it, you know when he first signed for us, he came with a good reputation. So uh, go, you know, goal scoring wise. So hopefully we can get that from him again. And of course, with the addition of Jordan Barry and Jamie Reid, Cam, uh, it does give those other strikers uh, a push. One of which is Danny Rose, who you know is one of those players, isn't he? Who Fans generally love him, but he does frustrate a few. We know that he's got the capabilities to to score a few more and, and contribute more. For me, I think he, he does uh, enough anyway and will still forever be our best defender. Uh, but as a, a long-serving player and having seen a, a teammate like CJ uh, move on uh, and playing under yet another new manager, it must give him a, a kick to put the extra yard of work in and try and push on. Yeah, and I think, obviously, someone like Danny, I think, thrives off the positivity. And I think, point proven, when he had his a bit of his blip, uh, when, obviously, Evans came back in for him, it just seemed to mess with his head. And we, we saw how how it, it reacted. But then, once it was done and over with, he was a, a fantastic player. And it, I think... Although it's been a difficult five, six months now, I think having that break from football, I think might have done a lot of players the good to really readjust to um, to actually like playing good football, but also like getting themselves in a good place. Obviously, if you've picked up an injury or whatever, it's given players time to, to work on that sort of stuff. So I think with a lot of players coming into the season physically fresh and no injuries or anything, I think we're going to see a lot of the players that, I'm not saying didn't perform last season, but we know the players that we can get a lot more out of, i.e. Mal Benning, Danny Rose, who have been fantastic servants of the club, but didn't necessarily have a great season last year. I think it's that hitting the reset button for everybody across the board, really. Uh, Andy says Danny will rise to the challenge, still wouldn't bet against him being top scorer for the club next term. Well, let's hear from him. Let's mute Cam and Nathan uh, for a minute or so and hear from uh, the best, the very, very best anagram in football. It's Mr Randy Wands, a.k.a. Danny Danny Rose. It's pretty tedious training on your own, but it's good to be back, good to be back with the lads. We've been in a... Separate groups, obviously, because of what happened with the COVID, so it's uh, it's good to be back, yeah. We've got a programme set by the gaffer and his, uh, his staff, and we've been doing quite a bit of running, because obviously the season still might have been played, but when the season got called off, we had a little bit of a rest, and then uh, we've got back at it the past few weeks, and now, hopefully now we're going to be back, and there's only so much we can do with uh, the restrictions that have been set around the country, but um, we feel all right, we're back now, so I think the worst is over, and hopefully we can get back started soon. I think the lads have come in, in decent nick, I think the lads have been sticking to the programme, and we've just done a couple of sessions there, a couple of circuits, and the lads seem good. So hopefully it can only get better, so we should be all right come start of the season. It's good to be out on the grass. We've been uh, doing a lot of running on the concrete, a bit of road running, but it's not obviously not good for the body. So uh, it's good to be back on the on the grass and back with the lads. I think that's the most important thing, uh, have a bit of laugh with the lads. Obviously train on your own is not, it's not really good for yourself, so it's, it's been good. I think it's just important to get the base fitness. I think the gaffer just said that then, that it's important to, for the next four days that we get some sort of base fitness into the players and then uh, hopefully next week we can start with a proper pre-season, start with the proper test runs. But I think today and the next three days hopefully is, is about a bit more of an introduction. We don't want many injuries. It's if you throw the players in straight away and you throw it in heavy, it's, uh, it can become pretty tough and the lads can pick up injuries. But um, if we get the base fitness then hopefully there'll not be many injuries this season. But I think it's healthy competition. It, uh, it raises your standards like you've just said and it, you see it with every gaffer every season that he wants to fetch in his own players and, and that's happened. I'm sure there'll be plenty more coming through the door. But it's the same for every position, it's not just strikers, I think it's midfielders, defenders and keepers, they'll have the, their own competition. It's just important to come back flying and uh, just set your own standards. 
That's uh, Danny Rose speaking to I Follow State. You can watch that in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow, where you can see interviews with him. Uh, you'll see an interview with Jamie Reid. Graham Coughlin and I'm sure over the coming days uh, the two new signings from today Roland Menayes and of course uh, George Maris those two looking at me through Skype through the video thinking please get his surname wrong I can see what you guys uh, are thinking interesting thing which Danny Rose said there Nath uh, and that's obviously you know Good to be back around the boys, albeit socially distanced. Good to be back in training. It, it, it will have a massive impact on their mental well-being. And one thing that I thought about for me, obviously, you know, we'll still talk about fans going back in a little bit later on after we've heard from from Graham Coughlin in a minute. Um, but um, there's that thing as well, isn't there, about players' mentality uh, through through lockdown. Some players will have just sort of put the feet up. Other players will have put in a little bit of extra work, you know, being able to to, to run a little bit more, doing some 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 work in the gyms at home, etc., adhering to fitness plans, that sort of thing. But most importantly, I think one thing this whole situation will have done, hopefully, touch wood, cross my fingers, is the players, especially within our dressing room, Nathan, will have given them a little bit of a kick, a little bit of extra motivation to go and not just play harder and, and, and play to a better standard, but enjoy football more and, and appreciate the situation that Mansfield Town are giving them. Yeah, I mean, you, you said a few minutes ago about hitting that reset button. And I think that's that's happened to people in all walks of life, not just football. You know, I think that's certainly been a, a case with, when you look at everything that's been going off in the last few months, it, it brings a bit of perspective into your life. And um, sometimes, you know, when, you, when, when we talk about football anyway, it, it's one of the things that you don't realise what you've got until it's been taken away. So, you know, hopefully the, the, a lot of the players have, have missed it. Uh, like I say, it's not been a normal pre-season. So, it probably they probably are seeing it in a completely different way now coming back. Um, it's hit that reset button, and if anybody needed the reset button more than anything, it would have been our players because obviously of the, because of the season we had last year and and like still having the hangover from the year before, it it, it needed that that button pressing. So um, no, I'm hoping that it has done a lot of good. You know, not. Doesn't, not not necessarily talking physically wise for the players, but hopefully that is the case. But more 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 importantly, uh, you know, psychologically, they're going to come back hungrier now and motivated, like you say, and and, and really want to get stuck into this season. Well, let's talk uh, about the return. And obviously, we did a little bit on uh, on Thursday, I believe it was, when the news broke about the, the season coming back. Obviously, the 12th of September is the date uh, that has been um, agreed. Uh, first and foremost, Cam, uh, let's talk about the season coming back. It's great, isn't it, to finally have a start date, to finally have something to start working to. Uh, it'll be 34 weeks long this time. A typical season will be 38 weeks, so four weeks uh, shorter, which will mean uh, roughly about 12 midweek uh, league games. Yes, I've worked it out, um, and cup games uh, as well. But the fact that it, it that you know, we're in a position to now bring football back, gives us all something to look forward to. And like we were saying a moment ago with the players getting back to training and having that mental lift, it gives us as fans, although we don't know when we can go back yet, it gives us as fans uh, a lift as well to know that there's something to aim for and normality is sort of returning within the footballing world. I mean, I could bring you some even more good news if you want. Go on. Uh, 
the government are looking at this is for Premier. They've said this about Premier League teams as the first of October as a, a a start date to bring back some form of of crowd in a stadium. Obviously, reduced capacity, but um, that's come from a government government minister in the last uh, couple of hours. I think it was about about quarter past five. I think it was that something was mentioned, and it's just. Although it doesn't particularly affect us in in League Two, but it is somewhere that obviously, as as decisions go, we look towards the Premier League for what they do, and then the EFL ninety nine percent of the time follow their their great masters. So um, it's something to look forward to, and I know it's 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 some uh, it's about sixty days until the start of October. But it's still a lot can change. Um, and let's hope that obviously the the, the infection rate keeps going down, keeps de- decreasing as it has been doing, and it does give us some form of of crowd coming back. But at least with the the twelfth of September being given to us, it's a start date that the teams can start to work around, i.e., bringing players in and um, scheduling friendlies behind closed doors, getting players back into training. It gives you. A bit more structure to what you actually you can and can't do on the training ground, as well as preparing for next season. Yeah, and what what uh, you say there, Cam, as well is is spot on. I think Nathan Graham Cochran certainly had his eye on the ball. Obviously, there was two dates originally: the 29th of August, um, and obviously the, the the September date, which we've gone for now. Um, Cochran returned to training with that uh, August date in mind. We'll hear a little bit from him on the return to training um, and the dates uh, around that in in just a minute. But um, it's vitally important, isn't it? Like we mentioned a little bit on Thursday, that the manager and the club had their eye uh, on those start dates and, and came back as early as possible to be physically ready because there'll be some teams out there that saw the announcement um, on Thursday and thought, right, well, we've now got X amount of weeks to repair. We now need to sort out training grounds. We need to get all those measures in place. The fact that we were already planning puts us you know, one step ahead, essentially, of the competition. Yeah, I mean, we've probably put ourselves two or three weeks ahead of uh, of some other teams. You know, like like you say, some have just literally been waiting for that news, and uh, some some have done that out of choice, and some have had no had no choice because they they can't afford to uh, bring players back. Remember, some clubs have still had players in furlough, so they've you know it's where we talk about the the, the financial impact that the um, you know the current situation has had on on football. So some some clubs just haven't had the uh, haven't got the freedom to make those choices. They've got to look at it in a different way to us. So we're fortunate the fact that, uh, you know, we, we are financially comfortable. Uh, and um, like you would with, with signing the better players, we've also been able to use it to our advantage in the fact that we've been able to come back, uh, you know, earlier into pre-season, which is, you know, should only benefit us in the long run. It, you know, it means that the players can get a proper pre-season, should reduce injuries, etc. We should be fitter, and hopefully, as a squad, we should be more bonded, which is no more important than than, than this year when we've well, you know already made uh, quite a few additions. So it's it's good for for us as a club. 
Well, let's get Graham Cochran's uh, thoughts on that. Uh, there are a few comments that have just come in as well, which I will address after we've heard from Cochran, mainly because it will spiral off into uh, different discussion points about having fans in the stadium and, and how uh, to do that, which is a great topic to have, but one which I'm sure will spiral away from uh, the point we're currently on. So let's hear from Graham Cochran, uh, who was speaking to I Follow Stags, as he discussed the return to training. Uh, and don't forget, this was, of course, recorded prior uh, to the date being announced for the start of the the new season uh, let's get his reasons on returning uh, and the preparations albeit uh, private preparations for a pre-season campaign to get ready for the biggest big kickoff of them all we've been away uh, from football for so long and uh, I, I do I've genuinely missed the players I've genuinely missed the the everyday activity and and, and the game to game and the training Monday to Friday training and, and, and seeing the lads and just the general banter I suppose everybody would uh, would say the same. We've had a real good day given the restrictions that we're training under, small groups, limited numbers obviously, uh, non-contact, uh, the precautions that we have to take, um, the one-way traffic system on the training ground, um, walking in one way, walking out the other, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot, a lot of restrictions on, on, on footballers at this moment in time. Um, so today was very, very different. It was, it was weird, it was strange, but it was good, um, a, a weird good, if that makes sense, to see the lads, to have them back on the training ground and just to get eyes on them. They spoke about uh, 29th of August, and there was a lot of talk then regarding the 12th of September. Now, I couldn't, I couldn't bring the lads in in August um, if the season was going to start on the 29th, so I had to work with the first date that I was given. So that was the 29th of August. So we're working towards that date. If it is the 12th of September, we'll adopt, um, we'll, we'll change one or two things and we'll, we'll move on from there. It won't be the worst thing in the world if it is the 12th of September, but we have to initially work towards the 29th of August. If, for instance, we came in and we were working towards the 12th of September and we found ourselves behind um, and, and the date we were then given was the 29th of August, that would present the problem. So uh, at this moment in time, we, we, we took caution to the wind and we've come in earlier rather than later, if that makes sense. The pre-season is all, uh, all organised, all structured. Um, it's, it's good. It's a decent pre-season. It'll be tough. Um, there's some good competition, some, uh, some good opponents. Um, as of yet, it's not quite confirmed. As of yet, um, venues, times, facilities, places like that. We're still waiting on government guidelines, we're still waiting on EFL guidelines, but we have uh, we have a plan of action in place um, should we need to run with it. And I'm sure those guidelines, etc., will be uh, being finalised with the T's dotted and the I's uh, crossed, so to speak, uh, in uh, the coming weeks. Graham Cochran there speaking to I Follow Stags. You can hear more from him uh, on mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. A couple of things he said in there, Cam. First and foremost, uh, the one which, which you know he ended on there, pre-season programme is, is being prepared. It has been uh, for a while. It'll be behind closed doors as, as naturally... Uh, assumed opponents probably won't be announced and um, venues won't be announced uh, to try and you know keep fans away and to try and uh, keep that down to a boiling pot pot minimum um, you would have expected nothing less though from from Graham Cochran he is meticulous in his planning and you know will like he, like he said in his interview he was preparing for for the 29th of August um just in case that was the the green light and and so he stayed ahead of the game and by doing so as as prepared the pre-season schedule I'm sure it'll be a tough workout 
yeah, and that's the thing. The players, <laughs> even even through lockdown, the players have come out and said it's been it's been tough having to stick to these these fitness regimes and whatever else they've been doing. So we we expect nothing different from this preseason. It shouldn't. I think, <laughs> especially after after having I'd say five months off. It's not off, but um, players should should be ready and raring to go back and be breaking down the doors of the RH just to get back into some sort of sort of rhythm and even like us as day to day we'd be struggling just like because we've got like weekends weekends are for football week is for work and you, you just follow that pattern in life and when it's disrupted completely it just throws you off so having some sense of normality to go back to um must be it just must be a really positive place at the minute than knowing that they can't actually go back to doing something they love and that's that's playing football in some way or another. Going on to the pre-season friendlies and whatever, I think one massive advantage that we've got over a lot of clubs is we've got a, a fantastic training facility, facility that's ready and raring to go so we don't have to use the one call uh, for pre-season. Because if you saw... There were a load of cars at the one call. You'd be like, "Oh, what's going off here?" You'd go and have a nosy around, wouldn't you? At least with the RH, it's a little bit further out of town. Unless you are specifically going up to the RH to go and watch, you wouldn't particularly know what's going off up there because you'd just see. You you wouldn't know it's there because it's not signposted off the main road or anything. So unless you knew it was there, then you're not going to get people coming to watch. Yeah, it's a good point that as well, the use of the RH for pre-season. I imagine that will pretty much be the plan. You know, considering the changing facilities and, and things which are there as well, um, it just it just seems so much safer in, in terms of being this COVID compliant, to use inverted commas. Um, I think one thing as well in, in there, Nathan, I just can men, uh, mentioned was, you know, the players getting back and, and being happy and giving them some structure. And what one thing we want to see is is fans coming back. Obviously, you know, we will do our utmost to try and support coverage in whatever we where we can. If we're not allowed to go, we might do something on a match day where you know we do something after a game or watch it together or 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 something to try and sort of engage fans and sort of keep that match day feeling but nothing beats match day nothing will ever beat match day and one thing which you know like people have said in the comments will be um, difficult to navigate is reduced capacities and, and things like that let's go to a few of the comments uh clive says restricted capacity ought to encourage some more season ticket sales um i agree we'll come to a point on that in a second we we me and you were talking about um something the grimsby chairman said this week as well uh, pedro says just have the home crowds and use the north stand um, and Andy says I'd expect an extended ban on away fans home fans in the north stand too um, to be honest I think uh, you know as a, as a football supporter who has done every game over the last three seasons um, it would be an absolute bitter pill to swallow if we were not permitted to go to away games however I'm not daft and I realise that having X amount of thousands of fans going to different places in the country um, every weekend across the board. This is not just football, this is rugby and all your other sports as well. It would be a silly thing uh, to encourage when we're still in a pandemic where, whereby there's no cure, there's no vaccine uh, as of yet. Um, so, you know, something will be done there to, re to reduce the risk, uh, so to speak. So banning away fans is one way of doing it another way of therefore then generating more income to to you know to to cover the loss of that is by having more home fans 
um, and, and using all of your stadium. So using the north stand could pretty much be done because you could do you know separate uh, seat block, blocked off seat blocked off. Uh, you could have a block blocked off if you wanted to. There's so many different permutations and ways which you could work the one core stadium to to your advantage, uh, which could work. But Nathan Edge, um, I think the the key thing will be the stance the club eventually um, go and take because what the Grimsby chairman said was um, in his interview with the Grimsby Telegraph was their decision was not to sell season tickets due to not knowing you know the allotted crowds etc Port Vale have allegedly already sold 2,000 if the number's lower than that then there's going to be X amount of fans that are going to have to be disappointed and things like that as a club as a business that's hard to work around when you don't know the numbers isn't it so from what we're doing at the moment which is you know silence is golden that's probably the best stance at the moment to take isn't it can I also just add something before you butt in well technically uh, it's you butting in but yes no, go on <laughs> it's, it'd be easier for some crowds in this division than others. You think you look at somewhere like Salford, you've got a f- capacity of about five thousand. You look at Bolton, and they're about twenty thousand. Port Vale is eighteen thousand. So it's going to be either way. We're going to be in a situation where some clubs are uneven. Not, I wouldn't say unfairly treated, but fans and actually the amount of people you're allowed in a ground is going to be difficult. I suppose it it could be done. See, it could be done on on a percentage cap, couldn't it? Of you know twenty five percent of your overall capacity uh, and things like that. But Nathan, go to to your answer, which you were you were going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be. It's, it's probably got to be done on a percentage thing, but not. I don't think it can be a a, a percentage across the board. It's probably going to have to really be a case where they take every stadium into account because you've got some stadiums that are just better equipped for scenarios like this yeah i mean for example uh you know kenilworth, kenilworth road that is very compact and that that would be really hard to um to, you know if you're having to put distances in place between uh you know suppose that you know you can do it with seats but you've also got to take into consideration the uh you know going up to the seats and the the concourse and stuff like that so i think it's going to be quite a dilemma for for the EFL or whoever to, you know, and the club to make those decisions. Um, and I mean, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the, the statement from the Grimsby, uh, you know, chairman is very interesting read. So if, I, if you haven't seen it, go and uh, go and look for that. But, um, you know, it's quite interesting. Like obviously he did say they, they've not gone ahead with season tickets yet. A bit like ourselves, we haven't announced anything on it. And a club's, that must be a difficult thing for a club to decide because obviously the first thing they'd want to do is get season tickets sold because that's instant money, which you which clubs you know normally rely on to for for those initial signings for the season. So to not go and get that must be really must be really hard to to resist doing that. But it does make sense because at the end of the day, you know we still don't know what's going to happen if you know what the decision will be whether it be October and how many can come in and you know for, for us when you think how say our season ticket in you know the percentage compared to the capacity is relatively low but then you've got other teams where you know, like Lincoln for example they they're basically they had that many season ticket sales that they would be absolutely knackered if they turned around and said you could only have you know 10% of your stadium so it makes sense to wait and especially the fact that it can change in the split of a second you know, you think of uh 
the the news a couple of days ago about you know the, the travel ban coming well not travel ban but quarantine coming in for Spain well that just came out of the blue they didn't there was no warning of that happening it was just basically announced and the next day it was in place so that could also happen in football and and with lockdowns and things like that regional lockdown so much can happen and October is actually quite a long time away when you think about it so it's going to be very hard to plan for that and I think the club has got to do the best they can and people need to understand that and we spoke about this last Thursday about supporters being patient and I think we've we've got to be patient because half the time the scientists don't know what they're talking about with with this disease disease with this virus uh, so you can't expect the football clubs to have an answer for everything either. Yeah, and, and that's one thing as well, which is, is key. And I'm just going to second what you said there. Patience is a virtue in, in football and in life, really, because, you know, so many people, you know, want to make financial plans and have to work on and live on a budget. I personally work on, on a budget every month for, from my wages in terms of paying bills and things going out and, and you know, food and, and bills which you've got to pay, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. So, there, you know, from that perspective, I, I would want to know what's going off and I'd want to know straight away. But from the other perspective as well, I, I understand that the people behind the scenes, the ones who have to answer these questions, the ones who are being bombarded with phone calls and emails and messages on Facebook when they know they work for the club, etc. They're human beings just like you. They don't know. They've not got all the answers. So please, please, please show that extra bit of patience and just wait for announcements and react there if you can my advice would be you know like many people would probably be doing at this time of year anyway um or or would have been a month or so ago is put money aside for a season ticket or put money aside in a pot for you know being able to go to games or buy an iFollow pass or whatever it might be to be able to access games just be patient um, and be considerate of those uh, who uh, who work at the club and who have to answer these questions and, and try and get around uh, these demands. A few more comments uh, coming in. Let us know your thoughts on crowds coming back and how you'd like to see it happen and, and things like that as well. Um, Callum makes a good point. If people are allowed to go to pubs inside, I don't see why we can't go and watch the football outside. Be lovely to be back and get some sense of normality, like you guys say. Uh, Clive says MK Dons fans have been socially isolating for years, uh, and uh, Mark says uh, God the North, God the North stand would love to be back in there. Um, we were West Stand. Pedro says we were West Stand and used to uh, to love the banter between uh, the two uh, stands as well. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Uh, Andy says I think it will be limited availability ticketing for all the first half of the season, then a half season ticket for the back end of the season. I follow coverage of all games on a subscription uh, basis. Yeah, good way of looking at it. I'm sure uh, that's one thing. They could do uh, as well. I'd quite be, be behind maybe uh, uh, a membership where you pay X amount a month, which then gets you priority to tickets when they come out and getting your seat, your regular seat, wherever that may be, or you know whether that has to be moved slightly or whatever, uh, which also gets you an eye follow as well. Some sort of thing where you can commit to the club in various different levels. I'm sure uh, that's being worked out. And I'm sure as well, you know, if you got yourself a membership, you could get yourself one of these, one of these bad boys, Mansfield Town Mask, uh, for free. Here's an experiment. Does it work on a podcast basis? Will it Will it work? Let's, I'm let's... talking about that mask, so I'm still waiting for mine. I'm fuming. When did you buy it? When did you order it? The day. <coughs> Today? I ordered it the hour. 
The hour? This is yeah. quite hard talking no. whilst trying to put a mask on and only got headphones on. <laughs> so talk hey, to, talk amongst yourselves and putting the mask on. I, know, I, I can't be too angry because I know I've just spoke about patience, but where is my mask? <laughs> hey, Nathan demanding to know where his uh, mask is. I mean, I've already spotted a problem. I've had it on for less than 30 seconds and... Uh, you know, my glasses are already steaming up. I actually can't see what I'm doing now, which, and it keeps falling oh, down my nose as well. Oh, got, mm, see, imagine, I'm just going to say, <laughs> if football does return, it's, it is likely that we will probably end up wearing masks. And for us glasses wearers, that's not going to be feasible because we're not going to be able to see the game. Yeah. Get, lenses. get what? Contact lenses. No, I've got, I've got contacts. No, I've ne oh, no, I can't be doing contacts. I'm, I'm already struggling to breathe. I'm going to take it off. If you want one of these, it does, honestly, it does stay over your nose. Um, look at that. can't even see. <laughs> it does stay over your nose. If you want one of these, get yourself to the Stags Club shop uh, where Danny Rose does a better modelling job uh, than me. Cam, um, looking at uh, what's been said as well by the Grimsby chairman, um, he also mentioned this week uh, about, you know, COVID testing and things like that. Um it's a bit of an interesting one. He's saying that the AFL are insisting that you use a uh, private paid-for company, which is going to cost around £3,000 a week. Why not just use you know, the, the free uh, ones which are freely available? Surely that's going to impact massively on costs. Uh, see, I'm stuck between this one because if a private company is demanding that their staff have to get a test, then the company should pay for it. But if it's someone that genuinely needs a test, like, for example, one of us got symptoms and you are just a regular member of the public and not something that your workplace is saying you've got to have this before you come back to work, then it should be free. So it's like, how much has the Premier League spent over the last month, two months on testing? Thousands and thousands and thousands. I think you're more looking at hundreds of thousands in the quantity exactly. and the rate they've had to so, do it. It's it, yes, it works because obviously it's creating that COVID secure thing, and obviously it's working well in the cricket. Um, well, let's be honest, so cricket far. cricket's a very socially distanced game anyway. If you're going to watch that, you've got something wrong with you. So, well, there is a positive thing because it's like watching paint dry. The, the the fans being allowed back in, there was a, th a thousand fans allowed at the Oval over. Um, I think Middlesex versus Surrey. I'm just hearing uh, white noise then, now, to be honest. But it's then it's then snowballed into um, women's Super League, uh, Super League, uh, Champions League, whatever it's called, the women's game, uh, and then the Charity Shield also being um, like t COVID test events at reduced capacity to see if it works. So it's it's working in. The testing does work. If you know that you've not got it, keep doing what you're doing. If you know you've got it, then isolate until the symptoms have gone and then get tested again. But the problem so is... It works. But the but then it's the issue is that we can't just rely on the NHS constantly because we're, cause they're private businesses, 90% of football clubs. It's then... We can't just constantly rely on something just because it's free. Of course, we can't, you know, constantly rely on the NHS, etc. But this, at the same token, you as a you as a body, a governing body like the EFL, have 
said, according, this is all according to the Grimsby chairman, by the way. We don't know whether this is fact or not. Uh, this is all in his statement on the Grimsby, uh, Grimsby Telegraph. Um, you know, if you want those testing measures to be put in place, you, you surely can't ask clubs at our level to commit to spending uh, an, an alleged £3,000 uh, a week. And it will be a week because it will be regular testing before every game, Nathan. You can't ask a club to, to shell out that much money when you've got you know, a significant cut in, in income in terms of uh, fans not being allowed in the stadium. There has to be some sort of funding from the footballing gov- governing bodies, doesn't there? Yeah, that's literally where I, you know, I was going to come on to. You know, I actually agree with Cam. I, uh, I think in the statement, the Grimsby uh, chairman did did say something about how you know he thinks we should be using the free version. Well, I, I do disagree with that. I don't think we should be adding pressure onto the NHS. I mean, it's bad enough as it is um, to then, for, for, for people that haven't got symptoms, it shouldn't be there for free use. Yeah. Um, so that, that for me, shouldn't happen. But then you have got the other issue where it's been, the, the EFL are making that a rule. So um, the, some clubs just physically can't afford that. So there should be something in place, whether it's, um, you know, where... I don't know if they can sort some source some sort of uh, TV deal again. Another way of getting you know funding in to cover that for for every club, uh, so it's paid for as, as a gov- you know from from the governing body of the EFL, rather than expecting the clubs to be able to you know uh, get the money for for that themselves. I'm in total agreement that obviously added pressure, unnecessary pressure, shouldn't be put on the NHS, but. You know, it's that whole money thing, isn't it, surrounding clubs. If you're going to ask clubs to get everybody tested at a cost of allegedly £3,000 a week, there needs to be some form of, form of, some form of fund. My question would be, is testing on a weekly basis at that period of time massively necessary? Because, you know, yes, it has to be monitored. Of course it has to be monitored. And I don't want to get into a political debate about this at all. But... You know, it, it it you have to look more at, you know, should it be a could it be a monthly thing? You can monitor in house whether people have got temperatures with, uh, and whether people have got symptoms and act accordingly. Um, you know, by regular temperature checks, by doing or you know where possible, using facilities like we've got the advantage of at the RH where we can spread across more than one dressing room and and look at things like that. I just don't think that impact on on cost much must be there as much because there's also going to be other financial implications like uh, the Grimsby chairman has alluded to in his uh, in his interview and his his statement and that is the cost of travelling to away games you know they're saying that regulations could be there for um, players to have a room each rather than doubling up on rooms which they often do on overnight stays using more than one coach using two to three coaches somewhere that has got to be subsidised sub, what's the word Subsidised. Subsidised, that's it. Thanks, Cam. Somewhere that's got to happen, hasn't it, Cam? Yeah, it is, and that's the thing. It's, it's not. I'm not saying that we everyone has to pay for the thing because obviously a club like ourselves, we're not we're, we're not a bad off as a club. But then you've got clubs like uh, South End, Macclesfield, who are obviously really struggling for money they're known to struggle for money where where do they get the funds from and yeah subsidising it is 
is one way of doing it, but then it's still the issue of have they actually even got the funds to be able to do, pay the subsidised fee? And it, it's just it just snowballs from there. And I think, it, yeah, I 100% agree that testing needs to be done, but there must be some way around it for a a, chi- or a cheaper way of testing because there'll, there'll be more places doing testing, private healthcare, than just the one that the EFL use because the EFL, in one way or another, is just there to sap money off its members. We know that the EFL doesn't care about its members. You just look at the situation that Bury are in, Macclesfield are in, Charlton are in now, Wigan, endless, endless clubs being shafted by the EFL, and now they're saying that clubs have to fork out all this money, demanding that they have to pay this, that and the other. It's not fair on clubs, it's not fair on fans, because essentially we're the ones that have to foot that bill because we pay our ticketing, we pay for iFollow, we pay sponsorships, this, that and the other. So it's got to come out the club's pockets, but it's also coming out of our pockets, and that's not fair. Just in case any member of the EFL's legal team is watching or listening, those are the views solely of Cam Felton, Um, and you can get in touch with him on Twitter, uh, and not us. Please don't sue us. Uh, It's an opinionated show. Uh, Have your say in the comments, uh, as always, uh, and as always throughout the weeks, uh, keep them coming in. Uh, let's end on a bit of a, a more of a high note. Uh, let's steer away from the politics uh, for a second or so. Um, you know, you've got to look at the, these things, haven't you? Whilst we can't, we have no date on when fans are allowed to go back um, into stadiums in concrete in concrete boots, uh, for sure, highlighted, underlined, bold, signed off and all that. We have no date for that. We have no news on... When that happens, how many are going to be permitted and how we're going to do that in terms of season tickets. All of that's irrelevant for me, Nathan, at the moment because, yes, we want that to happen, but the one thing we wanted to happen at the start was football to return in some way, shape or form. Um, I remember when we were way back weeks ago, the last time we sat around this table and we recorded about 90,000 episodes of the Best Time of the Week um, podcast before we went into proper lockdown, we were talking about whether it should return, behind closed doors, things like that. The fact is coming back, that is the most important thing, isn't it? Because we will be able to watch it in some way, we'll be able to listen to it, we'll be able to support it, and it grows from there. Everything grows from that tiny bit of positive news. Yeah, well, I mean, look, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I, oh, well, like I said, obviously we all want to be in the in the ground and it, it'd be normal, but at least we've got something happening. At least we've got football back at our level. I mean, when the Premier League came back and stuff like that, I, I tried to get into it, but I just can't. I, it's not my club. I, I don't really, I couldn't care less. You know, I was trying to, you know, listen to the matches on the radio or, uh, you know, I just... There's no emotional attachment to that. Uh, whereas, put man's sort of town, you know, the fact that we're making signings and uh, we're getting interviews from players and we're, we, we're getting, uh, you know, news about our club, um, yeah, it, it, that, it, it, feel, it just feels so much like football is, is back, you know. And I know when the season comes, you know, say we're not allowed to go for a month or whatever I'm still going to be buzzing for that first game of season because whether it's on I follow or or however whatever means I've got to do to listen to it or watch it I'll be you know I'll be doing it so because it's my club and I'll follow it however I can so um, 
I'm regardless of all the ifs and buts about it, I'm still excited for the season to get going. And absolutely, and on the back of that as well, obviously when fans won't be allowed into into stadiums at, at the very start, we will do something uh, in some way or form, way, shape or form to try and keep that engagement going, keep you guys chatting as you would do on a match day and try and bring you a virtual match day experience uh, through this podcast. Um, we'll throw a few ideas around privately and you know, I'm sure we'll have something to, to announce as the season gets closer. For now though, Cam, final thoughts uh, from you. Um, obviously, boys back in training. Season uh, has a start date, 46 days uh, to go. Two new signings today. Um, it does feel like football is back, right? I'm not just dreaming that. No, it definitely is. Pre-season has kind of started-ish. I'd say it has now. I'd say it has. Yeah, so uh, football has returned in some way, shape or form. It's not the way that we expected it, but uh, we knew that there are going to be some difficulties along the way. So... Uh, I'm just thankful that we, we've actually got a start date, something we can look forward to, something we can plan to, and we're not just left in the lurch constantly like we have been for the last five months. And uh, when football does finally return properly, uh, fans allowed back in, and we know that we'll be able to not not take uh, not, not appreciate our Saturdays, uh, Saturday afternoons and Tuesday nights more, but. Um, just savour these moments because obviously they can be taken away to just so quickly as proven this last season. Absolutely. The thoughts there of Cam Felton. Nathan had just been alongside him uh, tonight as well. Um, wave bye-bye to, to everybody at home. That's it from uh, from these two. We'll speak to those two uh, again, I'm sure, in the coming weeks as well. Uh, to you guys at home, thank you very much uh, for watching this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to be alongside you, uh, as always, bringing you this content. Thanks very much for commenting and getting involved. And as Callum says, I agree with Nathan. There's nothing quite like League Two. Hopefully we're saying that about League One not too long from now. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. We have a start date. The players are back in pre-season training and we have new faces coming through the doors. Two of them today in George Maris from Cambridge and Roland Meniers from Bristol Rovers. Both on two-year deals. The future is bright. It may be a COVID kind of future as well, but don't worry. You can buy yourself a mask from the club shop. Danny Rose does a better job of modeling it than me. You can support the club in that way. And through this podcast, you can support it virtually with us as well. We will be back probably in three weeks' time because I've got a little holiday planned. Stay tuned to our social media pages and website for more. That's mcfcmatters.co.uk. All that's left to stay is stay safe and keep counting the days. Football is going to return. We might not be able to go there when it starts. You never know, that might change. But it is coming back after so long away. As it stands at half past eight on this Tuesday night, the 28th of July, there are 46 days to go. And yes, I'm counting. See you next time.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.